Good morning, America, and welcome to The Daily Answer. People, not just in America, but far and wide, want about, I want to talk about the gift of need. We do live in a world and a culture where it seems its primary goal is to get all our needs met. Uh, people will divorce. My needs were not being met. Change jobs. This is not fulfilling me. And there's certain areas where, you know, that's not a huge thing. But when it comes to divorce, that is a huge thing. But a lot of it is make sure what's coming to you. Do not stay in any relationship or situation if you do not perceive that it's meeting all your needs. One of the problems with that is, I think many times we don't even know what our true needs are. Not only that, but I think we get it wrong. We somehow think, well, that's a need when it's not. And actually, we actually need something more substantial or important. A lot of self-care going on now. I never heard of that. I never heard of the whole self-care when I was a kid. I don't think my mom and dad talked much about that. Something about it just doesn't sound right. Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. The whole idea of, you know, just kind of rotting in your bed. Just kind of sit here and not do anything and just scroll through my phone and do the internet and spend time in bed. Taking care of myself. I don't think so. I don't think you're taking care of yourself. In an article written by Gary Henry, he takes us back to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8. And there it says in verse 1, all the commandments that I am commanding you today shall be, you shall be careful to do. That you may live. That's a man, that's a good reason. Is that God's word is not there to restrict us. God's word is there to create life and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to give to your forefathers. Being God's word, that's really important. You shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years. That he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Good reason for that. Because the generation that came out of Egypt 40 years previously just couldn't trust God. Didn't want to trust God. Always complaining, always murmuring. God says, hey, I need people I can rely upon. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to build this great nation. And through this nation, the Messiah will come. Hey, I need quality people. It's interesting that the design had not been the wonder in the wilderness for 40 years. The generation that came out of Egypt basically made that choice by refusing to go in and take the land when God offered it to them. But the wandering in the wilderness did serve a useful purpose for to test and try and cultivate a new generation. Sometimes you just have to go through stuff to see what's in your heart. He humbled you and let you be hungry and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you, nor did your feet swell these 40 years. 
Thus you were to know in your heart that the Lord your God was disciplining you just as a man disciplines his son. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and fear them. He let you be hungry. You know, that that's an interesting verse because it's so easy to read over that and go like, well, wait a minute now. This is so helpful because there are times that you read the account of deliverance from bondage and in the wilderness, moving towards the promised land. And you you, you sometimes get tempted to think like, God's a little slow on the water delivery here, or you know, God's a little slow on the uh, food delivery, or God's a little slow on the um, taking care of their needs. And basically here, God says, you know what? There are times if there's if there was any slowness, it was intentional. I let you be hungry. And I think I think there's this naive idea that we think like, hey, God, you know, things might have went better with that first generation that came out of bondage. If if man, you just if if they they just been stockpiled, <laughs> you know, like, hey. Hey, we're just going to have these stations throughout the wilderness that there will be food just stockpiled there. All right. Plenty of food and just need to get and not only that, but you're just going to have like so much food that you'll be giving it away or you'll you'll be leaving a trail of food through the wilderness that you just couldn't. You just couldn't eat fast enough. He said, I let you be hungry, which I think is also the idea is I let you be thirsty. I let I let you experience. I, I just didn't show up like, hey, I'm kind of hungry. And so in the wilderness, God was not like this mom that just the, the first signal from the child of I'm hungry instead of saying like, OK, but wait until dinner time. You know, there's this instant snack provided. And that should catch our attention, among other things, is that God allowed Israel to experience periods of hunger. And he did not immediately rush in to satisfy every need or keep Israel so full that they never were hungry. And this certainly goes against the idea that God exists to create an environment where our every physical need is immediately satisfied. That it's his job to make sure the weather's perfect, my relationships are perfect, the food is spot on, and I got enough money in the bank, and on and on and on. Observe that the reasoning God allowed them to experience hardship and hunger, not because he's mean or cruel, for the, but for the purpose of teaching Israel a very valuable lesson that they needed him and that their physical needs were not their primary needs. He was the solution to their problems. And what really causes us to live and thrive is not mere food, but spiritual nourishment that man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. And Jesus would quote that in the book of Matthew when he was being tempted by Satan, which means like, hey, that, that's, that's a very crucial concept to grasp. And you might kind of say like, well, but we need food, yes. And we need water, yes. But the thought is, and of course God knows that, God provided that because God is the creator and God made us. But 
what God is trying to get across to us is that it's so easy to focus on those momentary physical needs and miss the real true foundational needs and miss our need for him and our need for spiritual growth and maturity. So there is a priceless value of a period of hunger, thirst, being too hot or cold, a sleepless night, a less than perfect situation. Among other things, all these are reminders that this life is not heaven, not designed to be heaven, and that the real and lasting happiness is not found in earthly things. Only God can really meet all our needs. So be grateful when God is allowing you to hunger in Samaria and you're praying and nothing seems to be happening. Allow that to move you closer to him. Beware of thinking that if just this physical thing was in my life, an object, a possession, or a pleasure, that that would fill me up, even a human relationship. Because at the end of the day, only God can truly fill up the soul of any man or any woman. This is Mark Dunnigan for The Daily Answer. Till next time, see you in the funny papers.